0: You're listening to the OKC 82 Podcast with Brady Trantham and Madison Morris, the best place for OKC Thunder Basketball, a part of 107.7 The Franchise Podcast Network.
1: What's up, everybody? And happy MLK Day from Madison Morris. And I'm alongside my partner, Brady Trantham, via phone call. Welcome to another episode of the OKC 82 Podcast podcast. Today we will be talking about the Oklahoma City Thunders' awesome victory over the New York Knicks on MLK Day, an 11:30 game. It's kind of been a weird schedule for the Thunder, playing back-to-back afternoon games, but, uh, I mean, Paul George said it best at the end of the game. This is just, you know, this is a way for them to come in and play at a high level. Uh, they were excited to play in Madison Square Garden, so... I mean, obviously, they had a lot of energy out there, so it was a great game for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, Brady and I are here to just basically break this stuff down, tell you guys what the Thunder did great. Brady, take it away.
0: Yeah, uh, real, real quick before I get into all the basketball, yes, Madison Happy, Martin Luther King Jr. Day. It's It's a very important holiday. It and uh, uh, I would probably safely assume that there may be some Oklahomans that I, I guess don't put – the history of Oklahoma it kind of in with the South and there's all that, that whole thing. Like, what is Oklahoma? Are we Midwest? Are we Southern? Are we Southwestern? <laughs> it's like, okay, even with me, I kind of, I, I kind of never put Oklahoma in the category of the South. But having said that there is still a lot of, you know, civil rights history with this state. And there are some bad things that our state has with uh, that kind of, you know, that kind of talk. So just, it's an important thing. And so everybody, now that the Thunder game is out of the way and it was a big victory, everyone's happy. Now everybody can kind of, you know, just at least stop and think about why it's important. But now on absolutely. the basketball. Now on the basketball. That was deep geez. stuff. <laughs> the Thunder, I mean, this is a game that they, that they absolutely needed. Um, they've had, you know, Madison, they've had stretches in the last two, three weeks of playing teams like the Knicks. You know, the Knicks are a bad team. Right. They play hard, they play hard, yes, that's kind of the staple of a um, David Tisdale team. They've got guys on their team that are able to score um, score in bunches. Tim Hardaway Jr, of course. We all know what Ennis Canter is capable of. Mm-hmm. But the Thunder have let teams like the Knicks just hit crazy shot after crazy shot, play incredible defense against them. You know, they've they just let those bad teams get into rhythm. And that that Lakers post game that I'm probably going to mention for the rest of the year about once a po- once a podcast, <laughs> um, Billy Don was so adamant about not letting bad players and bad teams get into rhythm with them, and he said he kind of reiterated reiterated that uh, pregame today about we've got to defend the three point line even though the Knicks are like 20th or 21st in the league in three point shooting. The Thunder did exactly that, and they did it early on, and they never let the Knicks kind of, like get any momentum. I mean, Tim Hardaway Jr. would have like a mini run here and there, but his scoring was so spread out that it didn't matter. Right. And then, with I think he and Knox were the only uh, New York Knicks players to hit more than one three point uh, shot. So, just great job by the Thunder, and it, it's even all the more amazing because of how that Philadelphia game ended. I mean, it was a very emotional game with a back-and-forth affair against a team that's, you know, fighting not just for playoff contention in the East, but trying to show off how that they can be a, a title contender team. contending team. So the Thunder, of course, probably used a lot of energy. Russ Westbrook fouled out in that game. Paul George, of course, hits the big three to win it. And you think, okay, there might be a little bit of an emotional kind of hangover, you know, there might be some breakdowns here and there. And there was nothing. None of that at all. The Thunder played extremely well from start to finish, got the uh, easy road victory, uh, sat a lot of their players, and now they'll be able to get to watch Portland play in Salt Lake City tonight around 8 o'clock Oklahoma time. With all that rest, heading back to Oklahoma City to take on the Trailblazers in another important Western Conference game.
1: Yeah, and I think this game was... It was kind of almost like a deja vu for the Thunder because I believe it was last season when the Thunder won in triple overtime against Philadelphia, and then they had to turn around and play the Knicks. That game, they lost by about 15 or 16 points. So, you know, Billy Donovan was saying post-game, or pre-game, excuse me, that it was very crucial for the Thunder to come into this game with immediate focus, and that was the only way they were going to win this game because they can't let the pass haunt them like that. And I think they did that greatly. You know, they outscored the Knicks 34-16 to in the first quarter. Like Brady was saying, they definitely held this team to absolutely no-shooting from the three-point line, especially in the first quarter. I think they went 0-6 to start. So, you know, it was kind of nice to see that the Thunder took in what Billy Donovan had been saying to them, what has been their struggle, and, you know, they defended the three-point line a lot better. Um, I Some notable things I saw from the first quarter is, you know, when the Thunder are this effective on offense, that allows for guys like Nerlens and Dennis and even Abdul Nader to come in much earlier than we're used to seeing them come in. Uh, you know, I don't I don't think people really see guys like Dennis and Abdul come in until maybe the start of the second quarter. I mean, Nerlens will maybe uh, make an appearance on the floor, and I mean, Dennis does definitely, because he will take the spot of Terrence Ferguson usually, but, you know, what, I, I know Brady wants to talk about this a little bit later, about T-Ferg and just all the great things he's been doing, but, you know, today the Thunder put Nerlands, Abdul, Dennis out there way early, and it gave uh, a chance for guys like Russell and for Paul and even Steven to kind of sit back and enjoy the win a little bit more. And so that's going to be so crucial, especially with them coming home tomorrow to face Portland. And that was kind of a crazy game for them earlier in Portland. So I I don't expect anything less tomorrow night, but you know, it was just, it was a great start for the Thunder. And I know that Thunder fans right now don't get entirely too excited for great starts because They've seen it over and over again the Thunder will come out super hot looking like a complete title contender but then things will just go absolutely crazy flat in the second quarter and they're going to have to fight their way until the end of the game but it was crazy because I felt like this game I think the Knicks pulled it within 12 or 13 at one point but the Thunder were up to about 24 at once and they were able to maintain pretty much a 20 point to well a 15 to 20 point lead the entire game
0: yeah, I, I think you're exactly right with this because it, it, it's important for this game. Obviously, from what we saw, and it's going to be important for the team moving forward. Uh, when that second unit comes in, specifically with Dennis Schroeder, when that second unit comes in, how does the team perform? Now, it's not always going to be like today where they extend that lead, but you can count on guys like Dennis Schroeder, like Nerlens Deval to make plays to at least keep the keep the opponent at bay at the very least. They're they're far too talented for it to be like that Lakers game. Uh, last week, Madison, and where I uh, believe the Thunder were up what, fifteen or sixteen points mm-hmm. and then uh, Westbrook and Paul sit and the Lakers go on this run and they eventually outscore the Thunder the rest of the way from that point on. Mm-hmm. And that's of course that's the polar opposite of today, but still you can count on guys like Schroeder and or Nearland's Noel to make plays. And I thought Nurland's Noel was exceptionally important today because he has two steals. Um, one should have led to a fast break opportunity. Uh it left it led to a fast break opportunity, but it should have led to a bucket. Abdul Nader and Dennis Schroeder kind of
1: Oh, in, I know exactly yeah, what it, you're talking yeah, about.
0: <laughs> in, in in no in no man's land and Schroeder had to pass it back because he was way too under the rim after the pass and that it ended up being a turnover.
1: Moment.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and also as well, Noel hit um his first three attempts. Uh all of them, I think two of them were off a uh, uh, clean up off the glass, and one was a uh, which would be probably the dunk of the day because there weren't really that many dunks
1: no, in this game. No, there really weren't.
0: Uh, from the Thunder's perspective, but um, I believe Russell Westbrook found Nerlens Noel streaking to the brim, wide open, uh, bounce pass, and he was able to do the jump man logo. It was it was pretty. <laughs> it, it just it it wasn't a Stephen Adams thunderous dunk. It wasn't a Hamadou Diallo like uh, you know athletic super Holy nova dunk. Crazy, yeah but it'll do for our purposes today but yeah <laughs> back to the point if the bench is going to play like this again this this team is for all of its flaws, somehow some way this team is very hard to beat if those guys are just playing at the very least average because you're not going to you're not going to expect Schroeder to like light it up and hit his first three three pointers of the game, uh, of the game. You're not going to expect that, but you can expect him to at least, uh, make, um, make the defense honest, get to the rim, maybe get some free throws. He's one of the better free throw shooters on the team. You can expect Nerlens to to make some key defensive stops with his versatility and his athleticism and then clean up the glass, of course, and basically neutralize the loss of Steven Adams because as we've said, Madison Nerlands is about the best backup center that you could have in the NBA. So uh, yeah, moving forward, if you can just if you're the funder, hopefully they just say okay that whole like beginning of December into early January that was just a funk. Now we need to get back to doing the things that we were so good at because as we all know, the schedule gets tougher. Even with a tougher schedule, the bench plays bench plays like it does today. This team is going to continue winning at the clip that they were winning at prior to uh, December.
1: Yeah, no, I completely agree, and the Oklahoma City bench today has 44 points, and I mean, I I can't even really pick out just one single bench player. I mean, the stats will say otherwise, but, you know, Abdul Nader, golly, picks up 15 points right there in the fourth quarter. Of course, Dennis Schroeder drops 17. Uh, Nerlens Noel, I said it in the last podcast, I'm going to say it again, he continually gets better and better with each passing game. And I think that's so true. He missed three games when he was out with the concussion, but he came back and he did look a little rusty maybe that first game and he admitted to it, you know, like it it might take a little bit of time, but he said, I feel fine. Like, I'm excited to be back with the guys. Uh, No, my head does not hurt. Everything's going to be great. And, you know, like Brady said, he made some great plays today. It's so refreshing to see someone like him come in and relieve Stephen Adams because obviously Stephen Adams is a freak of nature and can get work done. But at the same time, Thunder fans want to see another guy come off the bench. And, you know, <laughs> it's not really like last year. And I'm not going to, like, throw fire at Patrick Patterson because he's been pretty great the past couple of weeks. But I feel like last season – you would have Patrick Patterson come off the bench for Steven Adams, and people would just be like, oh, gosh, <laughs> like when's Steven coming back <laughs> on the floor? So, I mean, yeah, I mean it's exactly. good to see Nerlens out there and doing the work that he does. But I, I don't know. It's just it's a good bench right now. And I feel like just a couple podcasts ago we were saying, oh, my goodness, what happened to the Thunder bench? Like, it's just dismal. But it's it's picking back up. And, my gosh, you know, Dennis and Abdul Nader, that's, that's a good bench unit for the Thunder today.
0: Yeah, and you know, even when they were playing terrible, I mean, I mean, anybody, anybody that was saying the Thunder has a bad bench, they're just, they're just wrong. They were playing bad. They have right. good, role, they have good role of playing players on their bench, and Dennis Schroeder, who could start for half the league at point guard. Uh, like, if you, if you just kind of look at it like individually and you go down the list, yes, it doesn't appear that sexy of a bench. (laughs) But the thing is, you're not expecting Patrick Patterson to hit four or five or six threes for you for your bench to be successful. He's only going to attempt one, two, maybe three if he's on that particular night. And yes, at times he's a revolving door on defense. And I mean, also, really quick, I'm assuming. Like He went to the locker room late in the game after catching an Alonzo Trier elbow. I'm going to assume that because the game was so out of hand that they just felt the need to never have him return. Um, of course, he could be in the concussion protocol because it did look like it was a pretty painful elbow.
1: Ouch. Um,
0: but I, I don't know from you, Madison. Did you see anything on Twitter um, about a report of him either – being questionable to return or not wanting to return, I didn't see anything.
1: Um, I did not see anything. Uh, if I had to take a guess, I would agree with what you just said, though, Brady, because, I mean, it was a pretty comfortable lead for the Thunder almost the entire game. So uh, I, maybe it was just kind of to take safety precautions and make sure that it wasn't worse than it was. And I think they saw that guys like Abdul and Dennis and Nerlens had the game kind of underhand. So it, there was really yeah. no use for Patrick to return.
0: Yeah, it's definitely something we'll be asking tomorrow when we get to the arena and talk to Billy. But, you know, just so I guess stay tuned for that, unless the Thunder announced prior that it's worse than it actually appeared. But back to the bench real quick. I mean, yeah, I mean, the development of Abdul Nader, you know, just the development of some of these guys like Terrence Erickson, like Abdul Nader, it's, it's so, it's so important for this team. And, yes, there are times where Abdul Nader struggles to fight through screens. There are times where he struggles when he has to put the ball on the floor, even though, more times than not, he looks fairly impressive for being such a young player right. who hasn't played that much in the NBA. He looks very confident. He he dribbles with purpose. He just he doesn't just dribble just for dribble's sake. He dribbles with a purpose, and he's very good, you know, running to the lane off of one hand. You know, saying all that, it's just, I, I don't know. I mean, Because even if you take away Abdul Nader's ability to dribble, the guy is a pinpoint shooter. Mm -hmm. And this team has shown the ability to find guys like that, even that far down in the rotation. These guys are confident in Terrence Ferguson. They're confident in Patrick Patterson. They're confident in Abdul Nader, and they're going to give them attempts. And we've seen Ferguson hit big three after big three late in some of these um, tight fourth-quarter games in the last week and a half, it seems. Abdul Nader, the same thing. Um, It's just... It's really impressive because, you know, all this is going to have a monkey wrench thrown into it if Andre Robertson returns, and I know we talked about this about every other show, but it is kind of this looming, I don't want to say a looming shadow because that gives it like a bad connotation, but <laughs> it's a good problem to have. Yeah. With, as well as these wings are playing, you know, on both sides of the floor at times, especially with Terrence Ferguson, it's a good problem to have. How am I going to integrate this elite perimeter defender and Andre Robertson into my rotation, just to hopefully make this defense all that much more better. But, you know, that's of course a conversation for later, but (laughs) yeah, can we talk about Terrence real quick? Let's talk
1: about Terrence. Fire it up.
0: Yeah, like it's just, it has just been so incredible to see his development. Um, I don't know if everybody saw my tweet on Twitter. Um, I basically went through his 10 game stretches from the beginning of the year, so what I mean by that is I'm not counting the games that he, of course, missed. He missed um, he missed six games, kind of uh, after the first ten games of the year. He missed. He went through a six-game stretch where he didn't play. Um, so I counted all the games before and after those um, missed games. So today was the ninth game in the fourth stretch of ten games, if that makes sense. So in the first ten games. He shot 37% from the floor and 23% from three on two attempts per game. Terrible. In the second stretch, when he missed at those six games, he shot 41% and shot 38% from three on three attempts. Much better. um, 38%, of course, would make you (laughs) an elite 3 and D guy, but Mm -hmm. three attempts per game is a little low for it to actually matter because there's going to be a lot of games in those stretches where he doesn't even attempt a shot. So you can be a 40% uh, three-point shooter But if you're not shooting at all during a game, it really doesn't matter. Uh, The third stretch of 10 games, or he only missed one, it kind of fell back down, 35% from the floor, 23% from uh, three, again, on two attempts per game. But in this last 10 10 games, um, uh, of course, this being the ninth game today, coming into today, he shot 49% from the floor, 52% from three on six attempts per game, and today's three for five performance moves that uh, three-point percentage up to 55% from the field, or from from three, excuse me. So Terrence Ferguson is shooting over north of 50% on six attempts per game. I cannot stress to you how important that is for a team that is the worst three-point shooting team (laughs) in the league, that they now have what appears to be a legitimate 3-and-D wing in Terrence Ferguson who's, Played incredible defense and now has played incredible offense. He he looks like a two-way complimentary player, and the Thunder are just feeding off of it completely. They they are looking for him more with his attempts going up. That that's the big thing for me, Madison is. Like I said, you can shoot forty percent from three, but if you're only taking one or two shots, does it really matter?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and so with five or six attempts a game, that's only going to allow. Uh, that's going to disallow teams from packing the paint so much more because they're going to have to respect not just Paul George. And, yes, there are times we have to respect Russell Westbrook from beyond the arc because he's such an athletic freak and he's mm-hmm. so damn good. But now if you have to worry about Terrence Ferguson and even Jeremy Grant, who's shown the ability to knock down corner three after corner three, I don't really know. If, if Terrence Ferguson is able to keep this up and he becomes that legitimate 3 and D wing that the Thunder have been looking for for the last forever, I don't know how you pack the paint against this team, which then in that case, I don't know how you can beat this team offensively.
1: So what you're saying is Terrence Ferguson is good.
0: He's incredibly important to this team's <laughs> success.
1: <laughs> yes, okay.
0: If, if he keeps this up, this team is a legitimate three, uh, th- um, top three seed in the West. And they're also a legitimate threat to maybe push the Warriors. But, you know, they just got Boogie Cousins back. They're not going to beat. No one's beating the Warriors. (laughs) But it would still be, going into that potential series, it would be a fun series to look forward to because of the way that guys like Paul George are playing. Russell Westbrook, we know what he's capable of. Steven Adams. And now Terrence Ferguson with Jeremy Grant in your starting five. That is a great athletic starting five that now – three of those players have shown the ability to shoot consistently from beyond the arc. It's just incredibly important.
1: It is really important. And I've been so impressed with not only Terrence, but we kind of touched a little bit on Jeremy and I'm pretty sure I've like said this a couple of times on podcasts, but uh, there were a couple times that Jeremy Grant, he what he's been doing lately is he's been making incredibly difficult plays and pr- incredibly difficult shots look so effortless and easy and it was just, you know, the offense was feathery today. It just looked great. It was a complete change of than what Thunder fans may have seen earlier in the season. And so guys like Jeremy Grant, obviously Paul George has another 30-plus uh, game. I think he picked up 31 against Philadelphia. Would he have 31 today also? He's just, he's incredible on offense right now. And, of course, Russell Westbrook is just playing the floor, floor like crazy. Uh, didn't quite break 20. Uh, He did pick up 17, though, and I believe he had 10 rebounds and 9 assists, so he almost picked up a triple-double. Whoa, look at that. But, you know, Russ is, he's just, he's a special player, obviously, and he's forever going to be the face of this franchise, but, you know, I kind of laughed at the beginning, Brady. Um, I think, to start off the game, Paul George picked up uh, the thunders first five points or something like that and russ picked up the thunders first two turnovers so it was just kind of like an ironic thing just because a lot of people have been saying you know this is paul george's season even though this may be russell westbrook's team and so you know there's a little bit of irony in that but i think it was in like the third quarter or no sorry it was late in the second quarter when russ picked up a quick eight points in like under three minutes so you know It's just, it's good to see starters doing good things like that. They're versatile. Russ is obviously, he said it before, you know, he's going to play all sides of the ball. He knows what he does well. And it's just, it's good. I really like the starting lineup for the Thunder. This is kind of what I was getting at by rambling on about that. I really like the starting lineup. I think it's a great starting lineup. And I don't, I mean, no one knows when Andre Robertson is going to come back. But I mean, regardless of what happens and who kind of gets pulled out, for Andre to kind of settle back into the starting rotation. I think it's going to be great either way. I don't think it's going to hurt anything that the Thunder have going. It probably will increase the chances of them finding more success as the schedule gets a little harder. So, I mean, if he even comes back this season, I really don't know, and I don't want to speculate. So, I mean, I think this was a great win. The Thunder improved to 7-2 and on the road against Eastern Conference teams. Uh, they're playing great basketball on the road right now. Uh, hopefully that's something they can keep up because after they finish a three-game home stretch, they do go on the road for three games. I mean, yeah. Before we like do anything else, Brady, you want to tell us who you think your player of the game was?
0: I think it's pretty obvious that it'd be Paul George. I mean, back to back thirty-plus point performances on the road. Um, I don't know if you saw this. The um, Thunder tweeted it out they now own the Western Conference lead for uh, with fourteen road victories this year. So,
1: uh-huh.
0: um, yeah. Uh, very important to to win on the road in the NBA. But Paul George, just his ability to set the tone now, like he's always been kind of categorized as a player that is a perfect, you know, 2A option or 1B option, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. He plays off of a guy like Russell Westbrook. He would play off of a guy like LeBron James if he went to the Lakers. But this season he's shown the ability that, you know, yeah, I'm on the team with Russell Westbrook who sets the tone just by stepping on the floor because of his intensity, but I'm going to set the tone in terms of the scoring. And it's been such a, a kind of a surprising thing for this um, to, to watch because he's been doing it so consistently.
1: Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't want
0: to take anything away from Russell because the reason one of the main reasons why probably the main reason why Paul George is, is able to be so successful is because Russell sets him up with pinpoint shots. You right. know, Russell Westbrook's accuracy and passing has been well documented and uh, just the attention that Russell Westbrook garners from the defense. You know, Paul is going to have his fair share of open looks, even though he's one of the best players on earth. Mm-hmm. Um, but just Paul's ability to hit big shot after big shot, to get the ball rolling on both sides of the floor, he really did a great job today. He didn't really finish. I don't. Did he even finish with a steal? I don't even. Did he? I'm sure he he had a steal.
1: Uh, he had one steal.
0: Yeah, I think it was the one where Terrence Ferguson thought he was uh, running down the floor down the floor on a fast break oh. and Paul <laughs> stopped for whatever reason. Yeah, it was that. Like, you know, even in games where Paul doesn't have like the the two defensive statistics that point, that stick out blocks and steals that you see on a box score, he does so much with just his ability to wreak havoc in passing lanes. Um, just he set the tone early. He kept it going, especially in the third quarter where the Knicks kind of made it a little interesting when they got it down to 14 and Billy Donovan had to call two timeouts mm-hmm. early in the third. Um, he, he kept answering every little mini run the Knicks threw at them. So, yeah, player of the game, obviously Paul George.
1: I completely agree because this is, I mean, like we said, it's a, another back-to-back game for 30-plus points for Paul, but it's also another back-to-back where he shot 100% at the free throw line. And so that was pretty cool. He went 11-11 in Philadelphia. He was 9-9 nine of nine today. So... You know, good for Paul making those shots count. Obviously it didn't really come down to free throws in this game because it was a little bit of a blowout and the Thunder just completely took over New York, as they should have. But, you know, it was just it's good to see stuff like that. And the thing I like about Paul was something I noticed, he is really good at drawing fouls because the success he's having on offense right now is causing players to really scout him out and it's making guys have more of a of a need to stop him when he has the ball. And so he's so good at sizing up his opponent and putting ideas of what he's going to shoot in their head. And then he easily draws the foul by getting the opponent so eager or getting his opponent so eager to stop him. So, you know, I think today he went to the line more than any other player. And like I said, he shot 100% from the free throw line. So, you know, he's just, he's a very valuable player to this team. And I mean, I don't need to sit here and tell anyone that because it's very obvious when they watch his performance. So yeah, Paul George, player of the game.
0: Agreed all over the board.
1: All over the board. Well, um, we didn't really uh, get any questions, but I will tell Connor who did ask, is the Bridge of Terabithia a top 10 movie of all time? No, no, sir. It is not because it emotionally wrecks me and I cannot watch it ever again.
0: I did some uh, half assed research, because I've never heard of the movie, but uh, Robert Patrick is in it, who played the T-1000 on Terminator 2. Madison, have you ever seen Terminator 2?
1: Uh, no, I have not. Have
0: you seen <laughs> Terminator? Have you seen any Terminator
1: movies? <laughs> I have not. I'm so sorry. <sighs> I Just know. write that I down. Know.
0: Write that down on the huge list of movies that you need to watch.
1: I know. I know. I, I'm uh, the yeah. worst.
0: Robert Patrick, uh, certified badass. And then also, <laughs> Zoe De, um, Chanel is... In the movie, and oh, that's uh, my girl. Oh yeah, big I, fan. I'm sure. I'm sure a lot of our listeners have a a favorable opinion of Zoe. Let's just say
1: I thoroughly enjoy Zoe yeah. Deschanel. She is funny as all get out. If you don't watch New Girl, you should. She is so funny. But uh, yeah, I'm going to go with no on being a top ten movie of all time. I hope I don't get in <laughs> trouble for saying this. Uh, I it might have, it
0: might it might have just missed out on the top ten. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, it's
1: probably like ranging around the 11th or 12th spot, but (laughs) nothing can knock out Shawshank. Sorry, but uh, yeah, I guess any final thoughts, Brady? Uh, They come home tomorrow. They have Portland. What do you think?
0: Uh, Really, the only final thought is like, I know I said, I I think, I think I said, I don't know how you beat this team offensively if all these guys are performing like they have been performing offensively for the last few games, because what's been the Thunder's problem is their defense. Their offense has actually been, their offensive rating has kind of skyrocketed since the beginning of the year while their defense in the last month and a half has kind of fallen back a little bit mm-hmm. if they can get that defense back up with their offense staying up as well that's what I mean because yes I like everybody else saw that the Thunder were playing the New York Knicks <laughs> and is <everybody's laughs> going to look good against them but you know the thing with like Terrence Ferguson and Jeremy Grant players like that a lot of that is just confidence and Madison I think you and I have kind of we said it during the Lakers game where, where Terrence was just lighting it up it just looks, like it's hard to explain, it's hard to describe, but it just looks different when the ball leaves his hand when he's uh, shooting a three-point shot. It looks so much different than it did back in October, uh, November. And even in practice, when we see these guys shoot You know, in an, in an empty gym, there's just a different confidence in Terrence Ferguson. And I think a lot of it is just because he's now entering, you know, the midpoint of his second season in the NBA, his first foray into heavy starting minutes. know this year because of Andre Robertson's absence right I think we're seeing all these things come to fruition you know his confidence in shooting his ability to defend his ability to fight off screens I think it's all coming to uh, fruition and of course he's going to drop off a little bit no one's going to shoot 50 percent on 60 (laughs) on six attempts a (laughs) game Uh, but if you know if it's just a respectable shot this team is going to be fairly difficult to deal with offensively even Even with some of the tougher teams. And then, of course, with tomorrow night, Portland. uh, Tonight, the Trailblazers play in Salt Lake City against the Jazz. Uh, The Thunder are, I believe, going into today's game. They were only a game and a half ahead of the Trailblazers with the uh, third spot in the West. Uh, Of course, uh, Portland being fourth behind the Thunder. If Portland loses tonight, and then the Thunder take care of business tomorrow. They'll give themselves. A l- they'll make up a little bit of that room that they let go of mm-hmm. in this last two week stretch, where they've lost some bad teams and uh, five games and, and five losses in six game stretches. Just stuff like that. They can make up a lot of that tomorrow night if they play well. Yeah, at home in Oklahoma City.
1: No, for sure. And uh, my last, final thought is shout out to the New York Knicks fans for uh, the Raymond Felton chant. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> yeah,
0: and Paul George got up and. Uh, oh, he was he, agging he, it on. He was clapping yeah. with them.
1: I just, I love that. I guess uh, <laughs> Raymond Felton left quite the impression back in what, like 2011, 2013?
0: Yeah, he was. He's always he's always been the same type of player. Where he's he's kind of a he's a scrappy dog on defense. He fights for loose balls. He's a really pesky defender, you know. When he was in his younger days, when he was able to be on the floor a little bit longer, (laughs) but even in moments, even in moments when he has to play for Oklahoma City, yes, he isn't gun shy, and he'll take a lot of shots that'll make analytic nerds go crazy, and he'll make (laughs) he'll 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 attempt shots that make thunder the the biggest Thunder fan go, "What are you doing?" (laughs) But he has shown the ability in his short time with the Thunder to hit some big shots, and he's actually won the Thunder two games. those being last year the road game in charlotte and i believe a game against memphis and oklahoma city where he just single-handedly led a charge back in the fourth quarter to win so yeah good for raymond felton hasn't played that much this year but he at least got some recognition
1: how do you not love raymond felton right am i right he's awesome he's awesome but i guess brady that's gonna do it for us today and uh, like I said, the Thunder are now 7-2 and on the road against Eastern Conference teams. The Knicks do fall to 10-35 and overall and have lost six straight games now. Uh, not good. The Oklahoma City Thunder are 28-18. and And their next matchup will be tomorrow night inside Chesapeake Energy Arena, where you will get to see Brady and I kick into mass. And uh, the Trailblazers oh, come yeah. to town for round two of Blazers versus Thunder. So that will be interesting. But, uh, yeah, that's going to do it for us. The Thunder win it. What was that final score? 127 to 109. And uh, happy MLK Day, everybody. Thanks for joining us.
0: Thank you.